It's like, okay, well, in this day and age, we're probably not going to do, like, you know, colonizing the native peoples, you know, as a, as a mass sure. market. You know, this is mass market. You know, back when you were just selling to, um, you know, 30-year-old white guys, you know, that was that was one kind of – that was one market. <laughs> and this is a different market. Yeah. Hi, everybody. This is Soren Johnson, and you're listening to Designer Notes, a podcast about why we make games. Today, we are talking to veteran game designer Brian Reynolds, who co-founded Firaxis Games and Big Huge Games. He is best known for his design work on strategy games like Colonization, Civilization II, Alpha Centauri, and Rise of Nations. nations the question is what to do next and keep in mind you know i was coming from a background of you know we did colonization then we did civ 2 and then we did alpha centauri and then we did you know work started on civ 3 and and so it's like yeah you know you can do a game about all of history about once every five years i mean i think you know civ 1 civ 2 and 3 were each spaced almost exactly five years apart now it probably didn't stay that way afterwards but uh, but that was the, and there was certainly the sense that so it was, there was there was this sense that well you got to do something else like yeah. it was just the default you had to do some other thing you can't just do another game on exactly the same topic back to back plus we had all you know we felt like we had all left everything on the field for uh, all a history real time yeah. game like th- th- there wasn't um, there wasn't much at least much major that. That we thought was going to be different, so it's like, well, what you know, what would you even, you know, change? Why would it be so brilliant in in a few years? And I think honestly, if I had to do over again, I would actually have pitched, uh, would actually have pitched Rise of Nations two next. Thank you. Like, I think the right decision for the team and the company would actually have been to do to do a Ron two next is instead that, of a Rise of Legends. Is that because of like your Team was a certain size, so you kind of needed a project like about this. Wait, wait, I should. Well, we answer. needed. A, I mean, we, I, so the point we were going to do a big project one way or the other. Yeah. I mean, Ron Two or Rise of Legends, either one of them was a massive project, right. uh, and it it was just a question of well, what's the subject matter going to be, uh-huh. and you know, if I, you know, even though everything ultimately probably came out better for me that we <laughs> that we made the wrong decision then. I mean, I think the right decision. Was to um, uh, would have been to do Ron two. I think I think Ron two would have been a lot more successful than because than you, Legends. because the, the themes more sellable. Well, or because you're building, well, you're building it, out the brand. Or it's what? well, the theme is so history was something that we were really good at. Yeah. Like that was a we're good at history. I should have already known from Alpha Centauri that it's hard shifting topics, right? Yeah. You know, into a more Story oriented. I mean, I did know at a certain level, um, and I specifically avoided science fiction for for that reason. But you know, no, it should have known going into you know fantasy was, you know, had a whole set of learnings and problems, and, and it just wasn't in our, you know, it wasn't in our wheelhouse. You know, we of course we went and tried to you know get some religion on it, uh, and you know get people that were appropriate and this and that and hire writers and all these things 
And, you know, so we made, I mean, it was, it's not like I think Rise of Legends was, you know, was a bad product. It just, but all that amount of time we had to spend learning all those things wasn't going into making the game, the gameplay, mm-hmm. the next advance of revolutionary cool or just, you know, differently innovative or, or whatever. And so there ended up being an immense amount of team cycles went into graphics for fantasy stuff, um, making buildings huge and fantastic looking and technical issues to do with that and stories and characters and all these things that that took away from making a gameplay experience that was the coolest possible thing or made it, you know, they became obstacles to that. And and the funny thing is I think I can remember like conversations with Microsoft on that game where they were like, oh, well, we trust you guys to make the game fun, right? But we don't trust you to make the graphics cool enough. Okay. Uh, so all the milestones were about how cool are the graphics, yep. and they'd be like, "Oh yeah, yeah," but you'll make the game fun, you know. But of course, that was because they'd just been through Rise of Nations, where we did make the game fun. But we made the game fun by working on the game mm-hmm. all, all the, the time, time. for yeah. two and a half years. I mean, and and. When I say we left everything on the field, I mean the only hundred and ten hour week I've ever worked with on Rise of Nations. You know, it was a, yeah. it was a, it was a hard. I mean, it was a labor of love, and it was a hard slog. Um, I guess, I guess maybe Rise of Legends was neither. <laughs> that uh, that you know they they took for granted that we'd be able to sure yeah. that we'd make a brilliant game because we were the Rise of Nations guys, um, and so focused the whole you know. And you know, and we we let them lead us down the path too. I mean, we we so lead who, into that stuff. That, maybe back up to like how this decision got made. Did you guys give serious thought to um, Rise of Nations too? Well, somewhat serious thought, but it was part. You know, and, and I you know I certainly was the I was the ultimate person for sure that you know on, on our end was the no you know we should do a different game not Ron yeah. two that. Okay. Um, you know, that, that much is, was, yeah. So, so Microsoft probably pushed us too hard on graphics as opposed to gameplay, (laughs) but I was the one that for sure pushed us more toward, and I can't remember, I'm sure that, that, that I would, that I just vetoed science fiction outright. But <laughs> <laughs> so therefore, I guess it's fantasy then, because the is that, uh, it's basically it was like fantasy by default after that. I, I guess, I guess it was, and so then we had to go figure out. You know, and of course, we went through the same phase of at first the fantasy was you know extremely dry and horrible, but we, a little that was a little bit more familiar feeling. You know, it was more like oh, of course it's dry and horrible at first, and we had to. It took. A very long time to get to, um, you know, the whatever it was, the ultimate three races or, or whatever. And I think we originally, we probably originally had five and then cut it down to four and didn't have time. Yeah. And the fourth got pushed, pushed to the X pack that, that then never shipped because um, cause Microsoft, you know, canceled us entirely after, <laughs> shortly after, after Rise of Legends, um, you know, launched and, and failed to. You know, clear the atmosphere. <laughs> yeah, yeah. So it's interesting, like from their point of view. You know, like I think they, I assume they thought that the game looked good, right? Because they were focusing on that mm-hmm. part of the game, mm-hmm. 
And I assume that they weren't thinking that you guys suddenly didn't know how to make fun games. Right. right. And, right. and is it so to some extent they're as culpable as you guys are in like agreeing to a project that maybe didn't uh, No, absolutely. No, no, absolutely. I mean, you know, in in Rise of Nations, we we fit well together and we succeeded together in Rise of Legends, we, you know, we yeah. we failed together. Um and we were, you know, we were both we were both um both at fault, you know, because it really was a, you know, it was a very integrated set of, it was a really good, you know, it was a really close publisher-developer relationship, that one, and, and yeah, we, we went together down what, you know, yeah, probably strategically was the wrong path, you know, not just yeah. we screwed some things up on the way, you know, even though we did, but. Yeah, because I felt, I mean, I, I played the game, and I, I enjoyed Rise of Legends, like, I thought the, you know, I thought the gameplay was fine, there was some interesting stuff sure. there, it just felt to me like, you couldn't explain to people what the game was, right? Right, like as just, usual <laughs> for, yeah, for a game I work on. Because yeah. it, I mean, <laughs> in a way, it was like pretty interesting from a fantasy mm-hmm. game if you were kind of like the type of person who just buys every RTS mm-hmm. every year anyway, right? So you're going to sell right. all those people. Yeah. There's just not that many, right? right? Because right. you know, I don't need to buy another RTS with just works and elves right. and whatnot. So it was like, oh, this is some really bizarre stuff in it, but like. For your average, well, yes, yeah, yeah, those people probably paid for one of the four years of the development. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, 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 exactly. or whatever it was. I don't remember how many years it was, but it was they were long years. <laughs> uh, did you did you have a sense like halfway through the project that like he didn't necessarily think this was going? Yeah, I mean, I, I think I probably had a conscience since it wasn't going ideally. Um, I, ne- I by the end, I felt like. Okay, we survived this. You know, like okay, you know, I wasn't. You know, we we came out with a game I wasn't ashamed to release. Let's put it that way. So there are certainly some points along the way. I was like, well, I guess this is the end of my career, kind of. But but by the end, I was like, okay, well, this is maybe this will work. Maybe it's pretty. You know, this weird these weird races take off and people like them and whatever. Um, but, you know, as soon as it went out there, it was like, nope, (laughs) totally, absolutely not. Well, your, uh, your internal view is not going to have anything to do with the marketing of the game, right? Like, you guys are going to be playing the game whether or not, right? you know, anyone would buy it, right? Right. And like, you made a game that, you know, could still be fun to play. Right. But that's, can be beside the point. Right. It's it's true. I mean, but I don't, I don't feel like Microsoft made some giant marketing error. I mean, they were actually pretty good. We always felt like. Um, well, I mean marketing. I mean like positioning, right? Like yeah, what, what? Fair. You could yeah. you, you have your choice about what to make your game about. Yeah. Oh. Right? Oh. Sure. Well, about what to make in the first place. Yeah, absolutely. Exactly. Right. 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 Um, but I certainly I I never felt. I Microsoft was fantastic at marketing. Probably the best of any publisher I've worked with. Like yeah. Um, like I felt like Rise of Nations got unbelievably good support. From Microsoft, you know, as compared to like you're know, coming off my Alpha Centauri experience with EA, and EA is a big thing and whatever, and this was a at least a reasonably important product to them. And uh, for Microsoft, you know, Rise of Nations was kind of at that point, you know, turned out you know, it was going to it was it was just de facto and also ran behind their you know age, what age three was and and age of mythology were going to be there. You know, those were their 
you know, even within their strategy line, <laughs> we right. weren't the uh, we weren't the main thing, but they nonetheless got us. You know, they they did a really good job of marketing. So no no problem there. But I mean, the funny thing is that for my career, doing Rise of Legends and therefore having it fail was probably the best thing that could happen. You know, because if we had done Ron two, it probably would have worked. It probably would have succeeded, and then we would have been. You know, or I would have been still in the, you know, under the thumb of the contract with Microsoft, which had more obligations and whatever, and would have kept going. And so, so therefore, I would have been kind of locked into trying to get the last oxygen out of AAA, you know, AAA strategy games uh, before, you know, the universe just brought the hammer down. And so, ironically, just failing out a little early turned out to be the best possible thing. Cause, so when Microsoft canceled us, it meant on the one hand, uh-oh. Right. But on the other hand, it did mean, you know, so you know, it meant, okay, we're now going to have the most miserable year of our entire lives. But on the other hand, we're now, you know, free, meaning that we can pursue other things. And ultimately, you know, it led through a series of whining. You know, it, for me, it meant a series of fun little sub-projects right. because I had an unbelievably fun time doing Catan. Sure. Yeah. And I actually had a really fun time... Uh, you know, we, in theory, uh, you know, on paper, getting demoted to do, uh, you know, coming from doing Rise of Nations to doing an Age 3 X-Pack, you know, uh-huh. on Work for Hire is a serious demotion. But on the other hand, it was really, really, really fun because I loved Age of Empires. So, yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> you know, I finally got my little, you know, got a toe in the water of Age of Empires and, and had a great time. I, that was a, you know, whatever that I spent on that, you know, six months or something was my time on it and it was it was absolutely fantastic and and had a great time so you know if if 06 was awful then 07 was actually kind of you know fun in a uh at least in a having fun while you're wondering you know if if we're going to make payroll you know (laughs) kind of kind of way um but you know and 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 those were both things you know microsoft kind of they didn't want to just like brutally kill us they oh, yeah. you know they, they, they both they, of those projects involved they, they, you know when they canceled us they were like well you know we do have some stuff that maybe we can prop you up with you know they came with both those things uh we had to self-fund uh Catan out of our own right. and that, that was out of what was left of that runway from the very beginning of of big huge you know huh. that that money we had in the bank we had how to... did that project come to be in the first place well they were so microsoft had somehow bought the rights to a whole bunch of euro games mm-hmm. And they were really pushing. They were trying to get people to sign up because they, it it was the whoever was running Xbox Live Arcade. So right. it was it was like that guy. Which I wonder if that was Ken Lobb who was doing that. But but no, maybe it was a different guy. Uh, but you know, they had some guy who was really he he was a go getter, and yeah. he was really he was like, okay, what we need to get live arcade going is a whole bunch of Euro mm-hmm. games and get good versions of them. And so they had actually already worked out licenses with some of the big whatevers. And so, and they said, well, you know, and, and the crown jewel is Catan. And if you guys want it, then, um, you know, then we encourage you to kind of go for it, but you'd have to self-fund it. But you get, you know, whatever that 70% or whatever. It was some wow. unbelievable royalty rate. Um, but we had to kind of come with the, I mean, probably only... It probably cost less than a million dollars to make that game, you right. know, which is saying a lot for something that ships in 2007, you know, yeah. to get anything out. Uh, 
and on a console uh, yeah. at that. But uh, but I remember that that made enough money that by the time we were um, we were actually paying bonuses, we were paying Catan bonuses right before we wow. you know sold the company to, or maybe maybe it was maybe THQ agreed to honor the Catan bonus you know because we were essentially selling them a revenue stream we said okay but you're going to you know you need to pay the people on the team the thing that we promised them yeah, sure. and they they were willing to they yeah. they went for that and and so that was i think to the to the day i left for for Zynga you know when when it got moved over to um 38 or whatever, they were still honoring Katam, you know, THQ honored Katam bonuses all the way to the end. Hmm. Uh, And it was still, it was still getting checks. I remember, I mean, I I think revenue went into 38 from, from Katam. You know, so it it was, you know, a thing that came out well, but it was one of these totally unfamiliar fly-by-night things. But I love, you know, I play tournaments of settlers, so. So when you said you enjoyed, because you didn't really do any game design work <laughs> well no, no yeah, well, exactly there's no that game design work done. but so i I, so I wrote um i wrote all of the ai and AI. gameplay side like sure. i didn't do um i didn't do the you know the graphics engine yep. whatever but but no i i got to you know i i essentially was i was doing the presentation design yep. and writing the ai and you know so it was it was kind yeah. of a break to go do do some stuff I hadn't had time to do yeah, in a yeah. while and and be freed a little bit from okay how's the game going to work because uh, I know how the game's going to work but but there were there's still plenty of how's the interface going to work yep. you know plenty of stuff that feels like game design yep. uh, that that was appropriate and you know going to usability tests and figuring out how to get you know Catan to make any sense on a controller you know and not you know and you got hexagons but you've got a a stupid right. thumbstick, and you know, uh, a thing that wasn't an entirely clean mapping to, to work, and and I think it worked. You know, work and made money, so <laughs> so it worked. Uh, and so those were actually some pretty fun things. But but the real key was that it eventually led to me, you know, going to Zynga. You know, it led to the ultimate transition. Like, yeah, go to Zynga, do a whole different thing. You know, do yeah. Facebook games, and then go and do mobile games do it do it you know start another company and do mobile games just happen to have the same name and then sell it again to a different right. company i mean it, it so so for my career it was fantastic but uh in terms of um you know everyone's lives at the time it was miserable <laughs> wow. all right well let's talk a little bit about that that transitionary period then so you got you know you were working on these smaller projects yep and so yeah so initially the idea was put most of the company on Age of Empires, which you know needed we knew needed a lot. It, it was it, it it only took about, you know, um an hour to figure out, okay, well I guess we're gonna do Asian nations and yep. so we need to make a whole bunch of Japanese stuff, a whole bunch of Chinese stuff, you know. And didn't take long after that to get, you know, some, you know, line designers figuring out some units and yep. and we certainly had RTS people and so they'd yep. play you know it, it was it was, pretty it was a clean mapping for exactly the same part of the team that would be doing your X-Pack to yep. be doing that and then another part of the team was you know, a lot of the, the super technical guys were figuring out console stuff so Catan was our technical boot into the console mm-hmm. world and even right. for the publisher it checked the box you know developer has Published a console title before. <laughs> Check. Yeah, yeah, I mean, yeah. it was just, and it was just, it wasn't, it wasn't a big console, but it, it literally, we watched people check that. Like, 
physically check a box on a form, you know, with publishers. It was yeah, like, yeah. wow, that is such a good box to be able to check. That was that, that was worth eight hundred thousand dollars of <laughs> just right there, even if the even if the uh, game hadn't ever launched or yeah. succeeded or anything. But but uh, but obviously, then in the back background there was. The okay, and what are we going to do in the you know we it, the, those two things together were about a year of runway, uh-huh. uh, you know, kind of more or less, and it meant we. I mean, the beautiful thing was we didn't have to have any layoff. That, that was like a a no lay a zero layoff major product cancellation that we managed to because that, that was a, we we just decided for whatever you know emotional reasons that we were like yeah we want to run the you know because you know, there were. People were telling us, yeah, you should just like pare down to like a quarter of your team and reboot and figure out and whatever. But we were like, I just sounds yeah, too soul crushing. How did you feel at this point? Because like you know, your career kind of gotten in one way up until this point. This is probably like the first yeah. Time well, you it had felt to, like, like the you know, it felt like I'm not sure there's going to be a career <laughs> or much of a career or whatever. You know. Uh, yeah. So, well, like, the first time you have to think about, like, these are all these people here. Right, yeah, yeah, like, yeah, I gotta right. i got to figure out what I'm going to do with them. And, like, right, like, right, right. So we had like, to... Did you, and, and, like, did you enjoy being in that... I mean, no, no, I mean, no, no, no. Was no, no. Year, that but... was what, uh, I mean, ultimately, I mean, that was what basically broke me for wanting to be, you know, in the video game business. <laughs> I, I, I never wanted to be in the business after that. You know, like I, the, I was... The I highs was, didn't make up for the... Right, nope, nope, never again after that. The, uh, I mean... I sometimes would say, you know, the last time I ever had fun in the game was on Catan, but but the last time I was, re- you know, really fire on all cylinders was Rise of Nations. You know, yeah. I, that everything was you know, every that that I had sort of was working within the height of my powers in the perfect environment and all that stuff. But yeah, no, I there's no question that you know, 2006 just kind of. Uh, broke me, and after that, you know, I was I was in the video game business because I had to be, not because I not because I wanted to be. Um, but those two things kind of got us through a year runway, and then there was the idea of well, we'd always kind of thought doing a role playing game was was a cool idea. I'd always no, wanted to sorry, do one. Before, before you jump to that, yeah. it's interesting. It's an interesting phrase of like you were only in the video games industry because you had to be. Would you be? Would you make games for someone else? What do you mean now? Well, or? like so. You know, you're kind of like presenting a, 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 sort of this binary choice of like, well, I don't the tr- the pr- the stress of running a company mm-hmm. is so much I don't want to do that. Oh, well, but like you can still make video games. Well, you can, and it. I've never really. I mean, in, in a way, I was doing that at at, um, at Zynga, Zynga, right? Sure. I mean, yes. I was working for someone else, yeah, but yeah. but you know, the the thing is when you're when you're my age, yeah, you either can't get a job at all or <laughs> the job is is essentially the you know it's just as stressful or more as right. running your own company so i mean there were there were aspects of running my own company that were stress that i didn't have stresses at zynga but then there were new big company high level executive political stresses that that you know took up all the slack <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, or at least most of the slack i mean honestly you know zynga was a good run for me but it was a stressful run you know it, I'm, I'm not saying you know it was the uh uh anything that that happened after that was um in fact everything that happened after 2006 was better than 2006 but <laughs> yeah, yeah. but i never it was never really like oh boy i can't wait to wake up and be in the video game industry you know it was more like 
huh, here we are, you know, I wish I could figure a way to not be a dentist. <laughs> it, was, it, was, it went, went from being, um, boy, because I can remember during, I can remember during Rise of Nations, like, my favorite day of the week was Monday, because then there was the whole yep, week the whole of week going in and working on the game. <laughs> I mean, it was, I was just like sitting in the middle of the perfect, yeah. uh, perfect sphere, and, you know, by, you know, from 2008 on, you know, or or six on, I suppose. But, uh, you know, I was, I was like, boy, if I could think of a way to, <laughs> to not have to do this ever again, <laughs> then, then I'm up for it. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> so, so, so yeah, that, that, but, uh, um, which is not to say I didn't have adventures, but it was, yeah. you know, you can have, you can have fantastic adventures while, while carefully eyeing the exits, <laughs> eyeing for possible exits. <laughs> yeah. All right. Well, so that, that yeah. year changed you. Then, yeah. Yeah. No, it did. No, that was, that was, that was a, that was a changing year. Um, and it did, you know, it, it led to, it led to lots more professional successes. Right. Um, but it also, you know, it certainly yeah, yeah, yeah. changed me psychologically in, in my, yeah. you know, I can imagine maybe, Maybe someday they, you know, there might be some dream game to make or whatever. It would be the probably the you know science fictiony role playing game is sure. what it would be. Yeah. But uh, but the role playing game we got going, um, it was definitely the you know those were you know by that point you're asking for you know you're going in asking for twenty million dollars right. of of yeah. you know funding and. And at that point, so, you know, when you're asking for eight figures of funding, now you've got, you know, fairly, you got serious financial, and you got some game people in the room, but you got serious financially people in the room, and, and they're like, you know, but you can't just uh, talk your way through, oh, you know, we've made games, you know, we made the shift from turn-based to real-time, look, we did fine, you know, um, that doesn't, turned out not to fly, and so... Well, you're making an RPG, you're, you're making content. Yeah, right, yeah. Well, all the, I mean, it, it was all. It, it was just you know, like if if we were going to do that, then what it meant was, um, you know, to clear the funding bars for that sort of thing. It meant you know, first of all, checking off things like you know, developer has shifted console title before. You know, we kind of yeah, yeah. <laughs> snuck that one. I mean, you know, you, you make the moves you got to make. You, you you figure out your way through the loopholes, but uh, but it was clear that what what was going to be required was essentially hiring in the the top level expertise yeah. you know so um so i became kind of redundant you know so you know for a while i kind of sub- I, I just spent my time mostly on the little side projects and you know tried to give advice for a while to the but you know they were ultimately hiring kind of rpg you know combat rpg experts uh that had already done these things before and they were they were doing them and uh that's um, an interesting choice. I never really thought in those terms, but like, I mean, you know, it's you're the person most associated with the studio, right? right? And but they're making a game that you don't really have, right? No, it was a thing. Well. I mean, but hey, you know, was it by by if that I was up for any? I mean, the thing is, you know, I think they thought, you know, like when they hired Ken Ralston, who had yeah. been the lead designer yep. for Oblivion. Um, I think Tim thought that we were going to like be at each other's throats or something because mm-hmm. uh, yeah, but but ironically, like we're actually um, like really close friends uh-huh. now, and um, you know he'll literally be here in a couple days to spend the night right. and play music with me. You know, I mean we're re- we we became re- and it's just yeah we're just like on different things, and, and by that point, you know, I, I again I, by that point I was like. Huh, 
Good. Someone yeah. else. <laughs> Great. Yeah, yeah. I'll just sit in the room. I'll I'll be over. I'll just play Bioshock today. You know. <laughs> you know. Uh, I'm perfectly happy to sit over here in this room. And yeah. uh, well, I, I guess also was part of it was the money out there for these type of games. Like, is that well, there THQ came up with the money. They were willing to do it. Yeah. I mean, yeah. we got signed. Um, right. I mean, there was certainly the question. Well, we've we got to make this prototype and see if we can get signed. But but THQ was up for. A um, both a relationship with us because we seem like I guess we seemed to them like someone who had at least sometimes executed well and yeah, had yeah. some talent and whatever they already had relics so they didn't really need um, a strategy studio right. but they they liked our RPG and you came to them with the RPG idea we I think we came to them with the RPG idea yeah. I mean I think by this point we were a lot more savvy than we'd ever been I mean we we had business consultant, you know, and introduce you to people, people, and all of that kind of stuff. Um, so we had, we had way upped our game with business development right. by that point, and and which is of course how we knew what boxes we were going to have to check off. Yep. And you know, there had been a painful period. I mean, really, that's that's what Tim is. Uh, Tim is now the you know Tim is the foremost expert you know in mm-hmm. in our world on all that kind of stuff because that was he he drove all that stuff. I yep. mean he. He got us that deal and yep. figured out all the things to, you know, got our ducks in a row. Um, and yeah, I was kind of a somewhat irrelevant person for for a year uh, or company, or company more. mascot. Yeah, company mascot, right? <laughs> Sometimes go and ask me quite, you know, or they they would I would sort of figurehead some design meetings and, yeah, yeah. and whatever. But I wasn't really um, I wasn't really making the key. Things on anything, um, and that which was you know, and it's way depressing. That was more like a, a personal tragedy than a <laughs> than a career tragedy. But and it wasn't like there was some dream thing I wanted to make. I, you know, I guess I kind of wanted to make a RPG myself, but I, I knew I didn't know how, and I knew yeah. that nobody was gonna come up with twenty million dollars to to make one for whatever. But then, and then you know, then THQ bought us. Yep. Um, and so then I thought, well, now I'm definitely done because now was the decision to sell kind of like you just you want you wanted the pressure off basically of like yeah. oh yeah well I mean like I said from 2006 on yeah, I was like you were yeah, how do I get out and <laughs> I so I, I was putting yeah, I you know, you to the extent the I was putting mindshare into anything yeah, other yeah. than Bioshock you know? <laughs> it was it was <laughs> how, how do I get out of here in a yeah, way yeah, that yeah. you know that I, I kind of survive and, and that I don't uh, you know burn every single breeze, you know, whatever, you know, I mean, I had, part of what I wanted to get out from was I felt like I was responsible. There's this feeling of, oh my God, I'm, you know, there's a hundred people yeah. and I'm responsible and they're all going to lose their jobs yeah. and all that stuff. And that was, uh, boy, I was, I done with that. So yeah, no, I was, I, I put, you know, to the extent I had effort to give, it was like, you know, <laughs> how do we get from here to, how do we get from here to done? No, I, I was, Looking for ways to, you know, so to you, position the company, you know, not just to sell it, but to position it to sell it and then to sell it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> and to definitely not say no. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> if an offer came in, <laughs> the answer is, well, the answer might be, could you make it a little higher and sure. then see what they say? Yeah, but, yeah. but but it wasn't like we were going to, you know, I wasn't interested in walking away from from any actual Reasonable offer. You know, reasonable offer. Yeah. Um, and so you, so you sold and you, you left pretty quick after that. Right? Well, that okay, right? so the funny thing is I sold 
I so we sold. We sold in early 2008, uh-huh. January 2008, um, just in time to get all of our you know THQ stock priced right before they crashed or whatever. Okay. So fortunately, most of the deal was in cash. You know, okay. but all of the it meant all of the future promises Sorry. were now worthless, yeah. right? Because I think all, it was the future promises that were in in stock and the. Uh, thank God, the uh, the actual thing was actually um, again. We had we had much by that point. We had Not oh sorry, <laughs> by that point we had good business consultant people. You know, we had Bob Wallace. We had yep. really good lawyer John Bell. We had good um, we had good advice, and so we ended up with a good. We got a good deal, and 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 a piece of that deal will will come into play in just a second when you. You say I left quickly. I I didn't leave until it was. I was there still from January '08 until 2009 because okay. I was still theoretically locked into. I mean, it's funny being you know. Again, you say, well, I was I was a name associated with the studio, so they didn't want you know famous guy to leave. Right. But they didn't have anything for famous guy to do really. <laughs> <Okay>. <laughs> you know, I mean, they, they always everybody theoretically sort of did something, and yeah, they would yeah. get me give advice or whatever. But I had no primary purpose so i was i was kind i was i was kind of a mascot um, but they didn't want to like it wasn't like okay well you know it's like if you're the business guy and the business guy you know then you're you're done immediately right yeah, you know yeah. you leave that day right. and you're you're off to the golf course or whatever but but you know, when you're the creative guy no they they uh you know they they put you in the room and say right you know figure out something creative, and yeah. yeah uh but once they bought us, then we were theory. You know, we, and that was it was running on the RPG, and that by that point everything it was the you know the all the other things the Catan, so that was all behind us and done. That was all 2007, and or maybe the X Pack was just then shipping right around the acquisition or something, and then and there was going to be maybe a Wii game also that we had pitched and was going, but again, wasn't that was that was Tim's vision? It wasn't wasn't mine, um, and so I was kind of. A little bit beside the point still, but it was when, but we were, you know, we were like locked into THQ for like three or four years or, you know, like in terms of not competing and yeah. anything. So it wasn't like there was something else to do if they, like, okay, want me around. Okay. You know, uh, I'll, I'll show up again and, and, you know, do whatever. Um, but then, you know, THQ and we'd sold to them. They had a lot of cash in the bank. Well, we thought was, you know, $300 million of cash in the bank. And they, and they had, you know, they'd been the number seven publisher and then the number five publisher, not number three publisher. We thought, well, hey, this is a, maybe a good time to get on the, get (laughs) on the the ship, right? Yeah. Get on the train. And, and so it, it, you know, it didn't look like we were selling into instability because that would have been, you know, not so good. Um, but that was, that was again, January, 2008, you know, February 2008 is when the whole market crashy downturn and then May or whatever was even were and it was all, a whole year was just a, a series of you know the bottom dropping out of everything and what that meant was no deals were moving and no, you know, nothing was and so THQ came and they had a, of course a terrible whatever and they were always a little bit second tier in there you know they didn't have lots of super high tier you know because I think Call of Duties and things yeah. still did fine but anything that wasn't at the absolute top just wasn't selling and they called us up by like you know they bought us in January and by like November there December they call us up and said yeah guys we can't afford to run you anymore we've got to sell you or close you like they 
only had they had to choose between keeping us and keeping Relic, you know, and Relic was certainly sure. core to their. Um, how, had, how close was the game to being done at that point? Oh, I mean, it was it was years away. Like we were not going to put any revenue on the books for two thousand nine or whatever. I mean, the yeah, game yeah. was. At least two years away. It was at least two years away. So, so yeah, you know, we weren't putting we're gonna we're gonna put revenue on the books. We we're gonna be taking yep. taking money off because it was a it was a thing. And they were like, "Yeah, we gotta sell you or close you." And at that point, no transactions were happening. Nobody was investing in yeah. anything. So, you know, they shopped us around to publishers. The publishers all said no. Yeah. So then they're like, "Well, maybe we have to close." And they did the. They, because we were like a hundred people, they had to give us like a nine every every employee a ninety day notice, and oh, there was geez. a Warren Act thing, and and then but then they, you know, they managed to cobble something together with you know with the baseball player, and <laughs> and they sold it. They you know, they sold us the the rump big huge to to that, and. That was the well, I said a little part of our deal with THQ King because we we had a good lawyer and mm-hmm. uh, it turned out that my covenants were not transferable to third parties. Oh, ah, yeah, yeah. So all of that non compete mm-hmm. basically was then you know, it vaporized when yep. they sold us. But that meant you know, and they, of course they knew it was going to vaporize, and so there was this awkward period where. You know, they kind of had to come to me and figure something out because, I mean, they didn't have to, uh, and you know, maybe they shouldn't have, but they thought they had to. You know, they, they were more afraid of me than, sure. you know, uh, you know I, uh, I, I think they were a lot more afraid of the. Oh, here's the guy that is famous, and yeah. if he can just leave and hire all the people and yeah. whatever, then why are we going to pay money for it? Kind of thing. Yeah. And yet, I wasn't actually. Interested in the, you know, I, I was, I was like looking for the way out, but, but they were like, uh, you got to sign some stuff, and I'm like, I'm not really very interested in signing, you know, why, why, what, what do I have to gain from, from just signing, you know, letting you up for that? And anyway, it, it resulted in a, you know, a funny little negotiation where I ended up with, you know, a whole series of little door prizes, um, and I agreed to say, you know, I'll only hire six people. How about, that? you know, like. You give me all my office furniture and my computers <laughs> and um, you know a copy of all my source code, code right? and yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. You know, it was you know it was just I mean it was all stuff that wasn't going to put any revenue on their books, right? You know, but you know it was all a little this isn't that. So you're still and, carrying the Alcantari source code after then, I suppose, right? Because Al- you got well, it from Alcantari. Tar- you know, I probably I, I I think in a separate deal I had I might have had that from. Yeah, personally, I think I think I'm personally huge. licensed by EA. Oh, that's okay. by EA. That's not through Big Huge, but yeah, I, I think I'm allowed to have the source code. Okay, I, was and I probably like... do have it somewhere. But yeah, <laughs> no, there was like a a giant. I left with a giant disc of all the. All there the was stuff. some sort like I they. Yeah, I don't have the RPG source code yeah. because that was like you know not really me, and yeah. I didn't yeah. you know. But like yeah, I think I. I think I probably left with all the Rise of Legends E. Yeah. Right, I, I think. I, I mean, some of that. Was sort of microprose. I mean, I don't own any of it. I I just, just kind of have the you know access to it or whatever. But yeah, you know, it was just kind of a um, you know funny little things, and right. uh, you know, I think that bookshelf was one of the 
<laughs> you know, I got the sixty-inch TV. You know, it was it was just old. Uh, you know, it was looking around like yeah. I want that. But, but the stuff in the way, yeah. I, mean, I just like looked. At, I just said, okay, I want everything in my office that isn't yeah. bolted to the wall. <laughs> um, and 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 then I, you know, took the stuff I actually wanted. But but you know, it was just it was just like well, they, they it was, you know, what, what what do you do? And you don't want to sign something, and someone says, well, what would make you sign? So I was like, uh. Uh, I got to come up with a list of stuff. And I was like, okay, well, you know, and, and it made my life a lot easier to just take my computers with me. Like, sure. And in fact, that like initiated a new policy, a personal policy. I, I've never again accepted, um, you know, a, a company's equipment as I, like I provide all my own equipment. And so nobody ever, <laughs> you know, nobody ever says they own my hard drive and I have to get a new computer. You know, yeah, yeah. if I change jobs, I no longer ever have to get oh, a new yeah. computer. Well, I remember and, the pain of pretty much once I joined Fraxis, like my email address was just my Fraxis email. Address. Oh, right. I, I made that I mistake like, too. Totally. Oh, yeah. Man. So when I left Fraxis, like I felt like I had to start my life over again yeah. in some way, like, cause it was just like, I, because yeah. you know, when I was there, I was fully there. Right? Yeah. Like, no, it exactly. was like my I, whole life. Yeah, I so. was, I, and I, and even, and I was stupid enough that after Fraxis, after I had to, you know, after B Reynolds at Fraxis.com went away, I became Brian Reynolds at BigHugeGames.com. <laughs> and so one of the things in my exit was they had to forward me, Brian, at, at, you <laughs> okay. know, for... And, you know, they took me off their Outlook, so I wasn't, like, in... Yeah. I, I couldn't get any of it. But but they gave me a pop for the rest of their existence. You know, they, it ended when they went bankrupt. But, <laughs> <laughs> but they gave me... So, so I was... And the funniest thing was when, you know, we got, quote-unquote, secret new code going, and then we got the Big Huge Dame back out of the auction right. and then we got uh and therefore and we got the domain name the funniest thing was you know they essentially hooked my email address back up this is like you know what's from 2009 to 2003 late 2013 it's like almost five years and all of a sudden, some of these little subscriptions I still, you know, I, I was, I, I started getting the ads I'd saw, you know, or <laughs> it's not too late to renew your <laughs> some of the little, and even even actual, you know, like college people were still right, right, right. sometimes, still you, you know, it's like, oh my god, I got an email on that address after all this time, yeah, but yeah, yeah. yeah, you know, I learned my lesson. That's why I, you know, I, that was the moment I went out and bought. BrianReynolds.com. It's like, okay, <laughs> rest of my again. life, I'm covered. I'm never, ever changing email addresses ever again. And of course, you know, these days the, the youngins are more concerned with their, you know, phone numbers and sure. stuff. But, uh, but yeah, no, that was, that was the, that was when I decided, yep, nope, I own all my, <laughs> I can now afford to own all my brand identity myself and, and just getting off that boat. But yeah. can't so, remember where we were. So when they were selling, so when you, so when THQ was selling you guys to thirty eight, yeah, the plan at that was the plan at that point that you were going to stay. I was going to leave. No, I was going to leave, and I was already negotiating with various people. Um, I went and talked to Valve, and oh, they really? decided they couldn't. I, I, that was my dream was to go work for Valve, and um, you would have moved out to Seattle. I would have. I would have moved out to Seattle, wow. and honestly, you know, they wouldn't have had to pay me much really, sure. you know, um, compared to, you know, what, what happened at, at Zynga and, and beyond. But, right. um, no, that would have been a late, that, that would be, that was my, like going to the idea of going to valve was the idea of, um, getting back to the dream of go 
go be in the industry I always wanted to be in and right. not be in the part that I didn't want to as yeah. much. Um, you definitely wouldn't have to worry about making payroll. Yeah, that. yeah. And I like to think, <laughs> you know, what I always say to myself is, well, if they'd hired me, Half Life Three would be out by now, because <laughs> that would have been my that would have been my personal mission is you know lay low for a year and do some stuff and learn the ways and then just talk people into making Half Life Three. That would have been my that would have been my it was Half Life Three or bust was my <laughs> my my mission. But they decided I was you know I mean I was probably too much of a wild you know they've got a fairly structured way you know they got their own whatever and I think. Taking that high level of, you know, bringing in a sort of, you know, differently successful guy that has a different way and whatever was, I think that was just more than they wanted to choose. So I was sort of psychologically crushed. But um, but meanwhile, I had, see, by this point, I had other irons in the fire. I, 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 at the same time, I was also talking to Zynga, which Bing Gordon had put me on to from, back from the Alpha Centauri relationship because, you know, he was my EA buddy on... Uh, um, on Alpha Centauri, mm-hmm. and uh, he was like, "Oh yeah, yeah, we got some stuff." Um, I know the guy. I'm on the board. Come, I, you know this this Facebook thing. Come, come see and stuff. And this was actually originally. I think that conversation got started when Tim and I were like looking for. I think t- Tim and I flew out there, and we were like desperately shopping for a landing point for the studio, oh, and okay. yeah. and it didn't end up. Um, it didn't end up like Zynga getting very interested in this, you know, in a triple A studio. Um, but it did end up that like, I was like, huh, this would be some interesting different stuff. And, you know, it, and I love that, you know, that was the year, I mean, you know, Facebook had only was just Farmville come out for normal point? human beings. What's that? Was Farmville out at this point? No, 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 no. Farmville, they, they wrote Farmville while I was there. I mean, okay. I, it, it only took them like five weeks to write Farmville. Sure. But like, I, I started like about a week before they started writing Farmville, you right, know, right. which was is to Ma- say. I mean, had anything, had Mafia Wars come out? Like, I'm Oh, no, yeah, Mafia Wars was out. I knew about, I knew about Mafia Wars, but I hadn't played it. But words, no, not Words Red Friends wasn't, it was, it was, no, it was not that. It was the, um. It was the the Scrabble e game. Oh no, the Boggle e game. It was oh, it was okay. the it was one that's like Boggle. I can't even remember what it was called. That you know, word jumble or whatever. Yeah. And so I even remembered seeing the Zynga logo and whatever. Because it was real. You know, I mean, Facebook itself, even as a thing yeah. that non college students could have, was only about a year or so out. Because what oh eight or something yeah. was when they. Uh, and and so then like the the app platform was extra new and and so the games were those really you know of course like the that mafia wars in those days was just like an ajax page rolled yep. and <laughs> you know you were flying a, literally flying a spreadsheet and and you know you just click one thing and it would roll the whole page and that was the game and uh, i was like I could work with this, you know. I was like, uh, you know, I can see a lot of places. This has nowhere to go but up, and I know a lot about games, yep. and so it seemed. And and I love Facebook. Like I was really yeah. in that, you know, that first honeymoon of Facebook just came out, and it was putting me. I was, was just getting you- back in touch with all these people I hadn't been in touch with for ten or fifteen years. And I thought well, this is awesome. How it puts us back in touch with each other, and these are people I like, but just couldn't quite didn't have the bandwidth to keep up with from, you know, college and graduate school and old jobs. And it was like this whole, 
you know, undiasporating of my social life was, and so I, I really loved Facebook. So I really, you, what I really still... wanted to do was work on Facebook, but yeah, yeah, yeah. but what I was qualified to do was put some games on Facebook. And do you still use Facebook that way? Oh, uh, yeah, 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 basically. Okay. No, I, I like Facebook. Uh, in, in well, I like I like the part where it keeps me in touch with yeah. like family and friends and things like that. And I've I work really. I, I've learned how to well, <laughs> control the, it. Well, yeah. I mean, the, the bubble I'm in is the one where I never see any politics at all. You know, <laughs> I've, I've uh, completely uh, carved out uh, all of the news-oriented yeah. part of it, and I, I use it to. I, I, yeah. I literally want to see people's cats. I want to see yeah, their yeah. kids and grandkids, and yeah. I've never taken it. the time to weed my Facebook feeds. So. Oh, you have to work hard. Yeah. You have to work real. I, I, you know, I, I've spent. An inordinate amount of time, you know, cultivating my walled garden. But <laughs> but I do I do like Facebook. I, you know, I have a much more mixed relationship uh, with Facebook. You know, in in latter time now now that it's you know ripping our society apart. <laughs> but but you know, as a as a social keep in touch tool, I thought, well, this yeah, is yeah. brilliant, fantastic, and boy, I wouldn't mind working on that. So yeah. that was okay. my way to do it. And uh, the bar was really low for the games, uh, and so it's like, wow, anything we can think of to do is going to be an improvement. Yeah. So if you, were, it's interesting because if they had only done basically Mafia Wars and like a couple of random games, like there's a bunch of companies like that, and Zynga was the one that the broke really out took off. But yep. like you kind of got involved before that even necessarily happened, right? Yeah. So, well, they were just starting to they, you know, I think they had just gotten to barely be number one over Playdom or whatever. You know, they they. They had certainly peaked above the pack. You know, I can't take any credit whatsoever for that. But what they were realizing is, so what their skill, their core skill was like web metrics, you know, web product management, telemetry, figuring out what the data showed people, which was a whole new world to me. It's like, wow, you know how many people clicked on that versus that, and you know it by gender and age and who clicks on blue and who yeah, clicks yeah. on pink? I mean, it's like, whoa, that is some serious data and stuff. But they didn't have a lot of, I mean, their DNA was not in game design. Right. And, you know, they had made some little things and looked at other people's games and tried, you know, tried to use their telemetry to make a game like the thing that was working. And that's how they got Mafia Wars. I think there was some other Mafia thing but oh, somebody yeah. else had made. But they made the one with, uh, you know, with web metrics and, and then rode the web metrics to to largeness and biggest. So they were really good at that. And they were just hiring, you know, Bing was helping them hire in some actual senior game people. Right. And I came in at the same time about, a little bit after, they got the Command and Conquer Generals guy to come, uh, Mark Skaggs. Mark yeah. Mm-hmm. And he was the lead for far. He was, uh, he was the visionary and lead team leader and all that for Farmville. Um, you know, I was physically at the company and titled chief game designer already, but I was, you know, so I gave some advice, you know, I played the game a few times and gave them some advice and waved my hands and, you know, maybe they did any of that and maybe they didn't uh, for, for all I know. But, uh, but I wasn't really, uh, the only meaningful way I was there in time for Farmville was in getting my stock options priced at the right level. <laughs> nice. It was it was one of the most uh, 
one of the best timings of uh, you know uh, showing up a month before Farmville launches was was the right way to right way to run. So always do that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, no problem. But, but yeah, yeah. So but but then you know but but I certainly I feel like I contributed a lot to um, to Zynga's stuff in the sense that what it turned out was like they were really good at virality mm-hmm. uh, and. You know, they, they, and getting the word out. They were good at bringing people in and playing. They weren't very good at monetizing it. I mean, they were monetizing it enough to you know, be growing and, and right. stuff. But it turned out that like what I thought was going to happen was... You know, what I was thinking was coming in. is like, oh, okay. They've got these games. They're not all that fun. and They're extra simple. We'll make some game, you know. We'll make some games that are a little bit, you know, evolutionary better, and and it won't be hard. Yeah. <laughs> and and then and then there'll be games that are just more fun, and and you know, and so they'll you know rise above their competition or whatever. But what actually happened was when you made the game more fun, it made it easier for them to make money. Like it, ro- what rose was not the virality mm-hmm. or the. Um, what are the three things? It's like it's the the, the R's, yeah, like reach, uh, retention. So, like, and everybody thought, like, they thought I was going to be a retention play. Yeah. Like, good game design was going to be a retention play, but it didn't really move the needle on reach or retention. It was revenue. Like, it moved the net revenue. It moved the needle a lot on revenue. Like when we took the Farmville and made Frontierville, and essentially we're just putting in. Yeah. You know some. So when you're talking about the ways you helped them, you're basically talking about the work you did on Frontierville, right? This yeah, was, yeah. I mean, that was the. So the, yeah, that, I mean, let's talk. Let's start there. Then. Yeah, so, yeah. Uh, I mean, I did other stuff there too. I mean, I gave them advice on their other games and right. got involved in that. But but certainly, leading from the front, as it were, by making a game that then worked and and made money was was that. Yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah. That that was the one that. Okay. So that, you joined. So you joined shortly before Farmville came out, mm-hmm. and you guys. I presume it took you guys. A few months to like, yeah. Well, because because uh, of course, I, at the time I joined, Farmville didn't exist. Yeah. I mean, they hadn't even you know literally started on the code. You know, they had the engine, but they was hadn't. The, was the plan always for you to stay in Baltimore? Yeah, always okay. stay in Baltimore because I I was not. I mean, they well, you know, they're they wanted they would rather have had me move out there, but yeah. I I had. You know, I had a traumatic, you know, graduate school experience in, <laughs> still, in uh, the Bay like, Area. I was like, anywhere but the Bay. You know, if you've been Seattle, okay. I, you know, West Coast, sure. Seattle, okay. L.A., yeah. <laughs> L.A., you know. New York, Austin, anything. Dallas, but... Uh, that's a long, but that's any, a long yeah, Anywhere but the San Francisco Bay Area. <laughs> nope, nope, nope. Uh, I, and I was happy to visit, you know. Sure, nice yeah, place yeah. to visit. Good wine, you know. <laughs> I was definitely still psychologically damaged okay. on the point of. But was the plan fully that it was that they would not just you would stay here, but they would start your studio here? Yeah, yeah, okay. oh, so always from the beginning. Was yeah. Tim in with you at the? No, no, well? Tim. What? Tim? Tim oh, yeah, stayed kept... to go down with the ship. That's right. <laughs> Tim is, much to his uh, Tim much to his financial chagrin. Complained right, yeah. about a starting date at Zynga. Yeah, like yeah. No, no, totally. No, um, <laughs> Dan. It was Dan, Paul Stefanok, Doug. Um, but they all came together with you. They all, right? ba- well, you know, or within, within what? Like, I think Paul and Doug might have already even been kind of rejected by, you know, they they weren't um, invited to stay. Okay. 
to stay whatever when when thirty eight was taking over, and then um, lucky Dan them. was one of yeah, lucky <laughs> the yeah. As it turned out, it was it was very much lucky them. They would probably tell you too, but um, the. Uh, Dan was one of my, you know, I'll only hire six. Then the funny thing was, you know, I, they were like, we don't want, we all know you're going to hire all the people, you got to sign the thing and whatever and that, all that yeah, stuff. Yeah. I, the only person I actually knew I wanted to hire was Dan, you know, uh-huh. and everybody else was like, um, well, you know, I did lots of people I'd be interested if it came, but like the one person I just felt like was structurally critical to like getting a new thing off the ground, doing a, um, you know, doing web games was, you know, I need the world's best interface artist, yeah. you know, as yep. the art director. Yep. And, and so I, I kind of secretly, I just have to hire one person. But I'm not going <laughs> to tell you that. <laughs> I just need one guy. Because, of course, once you tell them, you need one, they either want to know who it is and they want to negotiate about so that. So when you were doing was, this negotiation, yeah. did you already know that you were going to join Zynga at that point? I... I knew I was. I think at that point I was probably going to. Yeah, because I think it also that dragged on. Yeah, yeah I, sure. I remember like the, their little that thing was dragging on and on and on. Um, and part of it was over the like the difficulty of what they were going to do with me, but also yeah. over other things and and whatever. And so yeah, dragged and and like I think the deal got signed, the final deal, including you know therefore my release from everything. Uh, on a Friday night, and I had already worked out my start date with Zynga to be the next, you know, Saturday, so I start the only job I've ever started on a Saturday morning at 8.30 a.m., and, and it was the old house in Lutherville, and that day, you know, Paul, Dan, Doug all show up yep. in the in the basement, and we, we were setting up furniture in the basement on at 8.30 on Saturday morning, and that's what, you know, the... The old times thing these people would tell you about the basement. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And so, of course, that was when it was, you know, when their big thing was still Mafia Wars. So the initial thing was, oh, yeah, how about you make a, you know, civilization y Mafia Wars, <laughs> sure, right? Yeah, you know, and you, it's you, the natural it's like, thing. Yeah, okay. I was like, well, that'll take us about five minutes, you know. But, but of course, then I was learning how they wanted to, like, micromanage every aspect because they didn't trust us at all. All you know, this was the publisher that yeah. did not trust us at all to know anything about their business, you know. Um, and so, you know, so we we started trying to do a little civilization thing. And then he told us to go make like a was fashion it, game. Was it like actually you had things like civilization, or is it like just mafia wars? Well, it was like, like mafia civil- wars with a civilization civil- theme. theme. Like, right. like I mean, I was like, how hard could this be? Right. Like, yeah, you yeah. know, you, you know, give me a minute to change some text out and we'll put a little wonder of the world thing feature in and and you know and we're good right, right. and some art um it's funny because it seems like how could they even micromanage that, that is, <laughs> <laughs> you'd be shocked you'd, you'd, you'd be shocked yeah uh but the good news is i mean that only yeah that that, that lasted like you know literally a few weeks before right. the next thrash to doing a fashion game and that we almost got that one out fashion which, game. yeah no yeah they, they decided that we should do a fashion game. that was <laughs> That was their vote of confidence in Mark's Mark's vote of confidence in uh, our our you know how good the little civilization makeover right. was. Yeah, um, that sounds right in your guys' wheelhouse. It, uh, well, you know, it wasn't bad, but, but I mean, again, it, and that only took like you know, so we we basically made the whole. I mean, the whole game was basically ready. we were in the final run up, and you know, it only took about three months to make that, yeah. and it was a team of eight or nine of it. I mean, it's not like. And so we were learning a bunch of stuff, but like that was during those key those three months were when Farmville went from yep. zero to probably five million daily active users, which was at that point therefore twice what Mafia Wars was getting. So all of a sudden the future was Flash games, and so I was actually happy to say, okay, 
I got this for you, you know. Right. Now I know what we're going to do. We're going to do a Farmville game for you, and, you know. Well, this, sort, we'll of fits into your some, this sort of fits into your pattern of, like, you see something that works. Yes, you, evolutionary, you yes. No, I'm a I'm a innovator on the edges guy for sure, and it's like, okay. Um, and somebody was, say, I don't know if it was Bing or Paul or whatever, was like, oh, yeah, you know, like, colonization, like, go out in the frontier or something, like, you know, go colonize something. And it was like, okay, well, in this day and age, we're probably not going to do, like, you know, colonizing the native peoples, you know, as a, <laughs> as a mass sure. market. You know, this is mass market. You know, back when you were just selling to... Um, you know, thirty-year-old white guys. You know that was that was one kind of that was one market, <laughs> and this is a different market. Yeah, uh, this is worldwide and and stuff. So it's like, well, you know, frontiers kind of cool, and yeah. so we were just kind of kind of make the um make a make a slight you know a topic that was an excuse to still have a farm right. and crop planning, but was enough different. You know, had a had a little more. I don't know. Story, you know, directed story background, and right. the they had a, had a, a more specific setting. Yeah. Um, you know, make a little carry. We were, we were all since we were all talking like Yosemite Sam all the time. We decided that was how Frontier Jack got to be a got to be a thing, and then we just you know put some not super heavy lifting mechanics. But again, it was by it was by pro, you know I didn't I wouldn't have been able to go in you know it. The day I came into Zynga, I wouldn't have been able to do Frontierville yet. You know, I did have some learning to yeah. do, and so you know, making that whole you know fashion game we never shipped was actually a, a really good. Um, it was a good. It ended up being a good use of my time for them. Right. You know, I mean, I, they they were well served by what they paid us to. You know. Right. be there at the studio doing that. Well, let me ask you this. So you looked at Farmville. What did you see that you like? What are like the three or four things you wanted to do? Like to add or to change or like, like um, things you thought needed to be done? Boy, that's an interesting, because uh, I know I had some very specific thoughts. I, I didn't feel like there was enough. I mean, it, it was very cut and dry. Like uh, now the Farmville is a vault, you know, so people who encountered Farmville might have encountered, and, and you know, probably the odds are they encountered Farmville that was a more mature yeah, thing. And sure. so, remembering what Farmville was like in you know June of two thousand nine, you know, is is hard. To, there's, there's only so many people that remember that, but it was literally just rows of crops, yeah. and and then you could buy a very few decoration, like you could buy a balloon or something like that, and and. And that was just about it, you know. And the, the some crops you could only afford to do later, but and there were crops that were different amounts of time. That was the game. That's the whole game. You planted them. If you didn't come back in time, they wilted, and but you came back and harvested them. Then you could build more, and you could build bigger. And they were people were starting to sort of express themselves by. You know, making an American flag of crops right. or drawing their fae. I mean, we hadn't had seen the really brilliant ones yet, but but already in those early days, you know, it, it turned out it was it was, and of course, and everybody was playing on Facebook, and that was part of what fascinated me is like, oh yeah, people are talking about each other's Farmville experiences on Facebook, and it's like, okay, well, this is actually, you know, that part. I mean, there was a lot of spam, but also there was a certain amount of social interactions. Yeah, you know, there was. I guess it was. The, the best one I ever had was actually over Mafia Wars where, um, like, I sent my aunt a little 
thing in Mafia Wars, and she wrote back, oh, thanks, Brian, I love you, Aunt Judy, you know, I was like, wow, you know, and like, I wasn't, you know, I wouldn't have had that interaction with my aunt at all if it hadn't been for Farmville, and so, you know, I, I was kind of in a, I was positively disposed toward the amount of, you know, noise it created in the social feed because of the fact that it did seem to also create some neat interaction. And of course, at that time, you know, Farmville, that, that summer, that was what everybody was talking about was Farmville. You know, who's playing Farmville? What's your farm like? You, but you, you actually go look at people's farms and stuff, and it was sort of a social statement. And so... Um, I, I often... I, I really think that one of the, the key things that people forget about with Farmville um, was, you know, they think about the, you know, the... the Posting on people's feeds mm-hmm. or like the appointment mechanics or all right. that stuff. But I think there's actually a huge thing was just the persistence that for like your yeah. average yeah. game player, they had never played a game that had persistence built yeah. into it. You know, right. if they're on the web game, they're used to playing some just simple yeah. game. Well, they go away and they come and nothing, nothing is saved. But like, even more important, I think, and, and the, you know, the, the, the dark brilliance of Farmville was that it was, it was, Presence, you know, it was, uh, or you know, it stayed, but it was socially present. It was right. visible to your friends because if you got to do your own private little, um, you know, you, when you know people do their own private little game, you know, yeah, they, sure. they do anything, right? They commit crimes and do horrible things and act like horrible people. But you know, in a way, in Farmville, you were on your best behavior because all your friends were seeing sure. it, and so. And that was another sort of positive aspect of, of the whole social game thing that, that maybe felt like, you know, you know there, there could be something really good in here is the fact that, wow, here's a kind of game where people are on good behavior and they're not just trolling. I mean, like, who trolled in Farmville, right? Because it's your friends. Yeah, yeah. So it was like, what? Because I had, you know, I just, I'd played my year of World of Warcraft and other sorts of, you know, online presence games that were, you know, a lot less well i mean you know warcraft world of warcraft was you know pretty well done yeah. but but you know it was nothing compared to um farmville in terms of good behavior by sure. players and so you know so those are obviously the things we wanted to keep and then i wanted to add in you know more fun and the thinking might you know again my thinking was originally well, if we add in more fun it will um, get people to retain better, right. uh, but but at the you know Farmville had virality all the way off the charts, like you know virality like you've never seen. It had okay retention and it had low revenue at the time. Yeah. You know it it or it came up, but uh, you know so our the targets to move were retention and revenue. Right. And so game-wise, it was like, well, let's make it a little more fun. Because it was pretty, it was kind of a chore to play. The actual mechanic of playing it was a little bit of a chore. It was, so right, make it a little more fun. Because, uh, you know, it was like clicking all the crops. There was a certain zen-like, sure. you know, you you get some flow on it. But, you know, it was a bit of just a chore. And you'd have to come back, oh, God, i got to make more strawberries. got to plant yeah. more tomatoes. And... And so there's a certain amount of that, but it was there, you know, that was literally all there was. And it was like, well, what if we put some more things to do? And, you know, we came up with the little exploding things that you could then click on. And so that was like, that was like real time gameplay, you know, a little art, small. Yeah. I mean, it was just like, well, let's just that, you know, it was just like, well, you know, we've seen Nintendo games, you know, yeah. why not have the food actually fly up in the air and then you click on, you know, more to click on, honestly. Yeah. 
because um, it felt, you know, just basically more interaction, right? You know, the the core Sid Meier thing is like more decisions, but, you know, when you get to a, mo- a, a sufficiently mass market game, it really just means more interaction, right? right. More interactivity, uh, or that's my, you know, corollary. The mass market corollary is is ultimately just more clicking. I mean, you know, the the... the Quality decisions are great if you can get them into a mass market game, but uh, <laughs> but but honestly, more clicking is better than less clicking. You know, if, if that's if that's the only meter you got to move, put more clicking in it, and and literally, it, it worked. Believe me, <laughs> it, it, it generally, um, as a rule of thumb, it, it works pretty well. Uh, so you know, like clicking on the little dubers that fly out, but um, but we put quests in. Yep. And yeah, so that I remember gave that being you a real key thing. Yeah, it, it and that was what initially really moved the revenue meter. Like people wanted to find out what the next thing in the quest was, or buy the thing they needed for the quest, and it really, um, you know, probably like times three or times four revenue rate from you know per daily active user. I mean, they had a lot more daily active users, but the ones we had, you know, um, were very were very profitable. Yeah. Now, was that just kind of like one-to-one? You guys had played MMOs, and you're like, I bet this would work. Oh, absolutely. Well. No, it was just like, I mean, we, we, you know, we are just like, well, we don't, you know, so nobody's done very much game design on on Facebook. Yeah. Um, the current games don't have very much gameplay. You know, they've only, you know, they've only recapitulated the 70s so far. <laughs> so how would we go about recapitulating the 80s and 90s real quick <laughs> to, to our eternal profit? And so we were just like, yeah, let, you know, find game mechanics that work. It's like, yeah, so we played MMOs, uh, quests. Yeah. And uh, I'm trying to think of what other things. There's we one thing that really stood out early. to me, which I, I just I'm trying to remember whether, whether Frontier built this or first or not, but you had the energy mechanic. Uh, energy goes back. Okay, so th- that was a revenue play. Yeah. Um, but energy was something. So Mafia Wars had energy. Okay. And I remember even kind of saying when they were doing Farmville, like, well, why don't you have energy? Because, you know, that seems to be the revenue. Right? Yeah. Isn't that where all the revenue from Mafia Wars comes from? Or most, you know, yeah, substantially yeah. all the revenue uh, is is energy that energy mechanic because it makes you like it basically it, it like says here's how much you can play this game today unless yep. you want to pay to play it more you're literally just paying for more clips paying for more fun you know it wasn't like um it wasn't so much vanity or whatever it was just like pay pay to play more pay to click yep and it was um you know pretty successful for mafia wars and so it's like, well, why aren't you putting it in Farmville? And they, they always had a whole lot of reasons about, like, sure. you know, what... I mean, obviously, they only had a little bit of time to make it in the first place, but then why weren't they put it in? Because, oh, but, but you know, the important mechanic is kind of instead of that and whatever, and, like, okay, I'll be over here, you know, <laughs> putting energy into into my uh, farm game, yeah, and yeah, we'll yeah. see. Uh, and, and that was specifically a revenue rate, and, and yeah, it... it, it Turned out to pay revenue, and, and you know, and they never put. You know, they still didn't go back and put energy yeah. into. You know, they could have made more money. I think. Um, well, it, it wasn't. But, I mean, I, I, you know, I didn't see the revenue sheets. Well, I guess I did eventually, but <laughs> <laughs> but um, the uh, in my mind, it wasn't necessarily just revenue. It was also that like you come to the game and like. Okay, you've got a couple minutes of mm-hmm. stuff to do, and then yeah. go get out of here. Right, right, There's nothing yeah, more yeah. For which you was to actually do. kind of a good thing. Yeah, right, right. Yeah. You know, for a cat, it, it, so it, it it helped 
that that part helps keeping the free players in, yeah. right? So it both helps keep your free players so they don't burn out, yeah, which I could, think a huge problem with Farmville yeah. was burnout. Like, I, or I perceived yourself. that that yeah. was going to be a problem. Yeah. I mean, this is the early days, so that you know people hadn't really burned out yet. Yep. But, um, but but so yeah, it kind of it it gave you a reasonable, a healthy sized dose of game, and then got you out of there and said, "Come back tomorrow." And to definitely come back tomorrow, you know, and the, the appointment mechanic makes you come back tomorrow, right? So that was. I guess one of the reasons they didn't think they need energy because it they still they had the the comeback mechanic, but but, you but they it. didn't have the pay mechanic to buy more, yeah. right? And so and so yeah, we put that in, uh, and and that was like that was the original core revenue play, and it worked for us. But honestly, I think the quests were even. I guess it was the energy combined with the quest. It was the what people's aspiration hook was was the quest they wanted to get the quest done so they wanted to play more and those two things together you know in the initial run were the you know they were the most successful and you know we we, we just put some fun little like the we had the what was it called the um like you, when you clicked on the dubers, it sort of filled up a thing, and if you, oh, yeah. it was a bonus bar. Power it was a, bar, bonus it was a power. Bar. It was some kind of bonus yeah, bar, yeah. And you know, it was a very just Nintendo. So you, you, you know, we were just pillaging all the '80s and '90s for good game mechanics, yeah. and so it's like, oh, let's take some Nintendo things and a bonus bar and little flying the, pieces the, of candy. The and, dubers are the little things that popped out. Yeah, 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 yeah. Right. That's a little flying pieces of you know. That, that's like kind of an I think of it as a Nintendo. Maybe it's Sonic the Hedgehog. Or I don't know who you yeah. know did it first, but I think of it as kind of a very Mario kind of mechanic, and then. It's like yeah, and then we'll yeah. So we'll cut, put some Nintendo features together with some World of Warcraft style quests and yeah. and a mafia style energy bar, and we'll bolt it onto Farmville. And of course, you know we're actually pretty good at bolting mechanics onto things. You know that was, you know, um, Paul and Doug and I were, you know, we were old hands at doing that. So, um, so you know, it was kind of it was kind of fun in that way because it was like. Um, Games that didn't take very long to make, and um, but um, you know, but 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 succeeded. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> <Right>? <laughs> it's like yeah. wow, that brought in more money than probably every single game I ever worked on <laughs> in my entire career before that. Like probably just Frontier. I'm, I'm guessing that probably Frontierville, you know, outdid every single other game I ever did in my career before that <laughs> combined. <laughs> That's pretty crazy. Uh, <coughs> well, that's the difference between mass market and yeah, yeah, yeah. You know, and and selling to well, I mean, selling I'm, to geeks. Right? I, mean, I also understand that like Frontierville, like, I mean, revenue kind of like at a different level than a lot of the other, a lot of their other games at that time. Oh yeah, yeah, well, yeah. It, but it had it had the immense reach of the mass market, yeah. right? You know, it, it's uh, very different, you know, from selling one thing one time to yes. you know a million or two million or whatever people and having millions of people come every day and yeah, yeah. you know <laughs> and then the percentage of those you have to get to pay turns out to be relatively low <laughs> yeah. yeah what is so what what did you think of the transitioning from like selling a game once to like the free-to-play model uh well that was certainly new this whole but but it it's similar to running an mmo right because yeah. you know so that was sort of a it wasn't a completely unfamiliar it wasn't something i'd personally done but it was a not an unfamiliar concept that Oh, if you're going to run a game as a live service, then you're going to have to keep adding. You know, they have to keep shipping the next, 
module and whatever. Um, so we had, um, you know, in our rapid learning curve, we had kind of figured out that that was a thing. You know, we saw, you know, Mafia Wars would be shipping a new, they'd have a new thing every day. They'd have small features every week and another thing every month, a bigger thing. And then they'd do a whole expansion pack that mm-hmm. was, you know, just big, it was just more, just different sizes of stuff. And you'd add it on and you'd, and of course you were somehow keeping, so you're, it's kind of like you're, in a way it's like prototyping a game and making it better, except that you're a live service so you cannot <laughs> screw it up. Sure, or, yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, I think... I remember one time, like, making some error in a spreadsheet on how the math... Like, some feature we were about to launch on Frontierville, and nobody had done the math on it. So I said, well, here, let me... I'll just pop this um, um, Excel spreadsheet together, because I... I I mean, so... To be fair, somebody else really should, you know, one of the PMs really should have made that, not me. It should not have fallen to me to make the thing, but I did make a bounding, you know, a bounding condition error in the spreadsheet. And I think that was about (laughs) (laughs) $800,000. You know, between when it. Uh, you know, when when it launched and we figured yeah, yeah, that yeah. out, we, uh, there seems to be a revenue hole, you know. <laughs> Something wrong with the horse. I think it was the horseshoe pit feature, you know. There was some uh, there was some edge condition that that we hadn't quite set the odds right and yeah, it was, yeah. you know, it was it was not it, you know, in you know, revenue hole it didn't mean like we were paying anybody money. It was it was just that, you know, we would have gotten more money. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. So, like, wow, you know, that's a you don't want to. You don't want to make those kind of errors. Yeah. Um, uh, it seems like one of the real challenges with those type of games as they go forward, though, is that like, you know, you keep adding stuff. Yeah, there was. But then, like, when the first player comes in, it's like this yeah. kind of like you lose track of like what is their early right, and that's experience. bad enough with sequelitis, right? Yeah, I mean, you know, on Civ Two, we at least had the free run of Civ had never been sequelized, so anything we added was probably not going to be too too much, but. You know, the more you go on, you got to like, well, we got to take some shit out, right? You know, yeah. we got to, <laughs> it's more of a, let's rearrange some things. And if we, anything new we put in, we got to take some stuff out, you know, because yeah, yeah. if you're going to keep those things alive and healthy, because uh, you're otherwise, you're just going to kind of junk it up. And it, even, the, you know, the same thing happens in genres, right? Like the first real time strategy games are actually simple and the bar of entry was lower. Yeah. And the problem is, as a genre goes on, the the bar of entry to players goes up because then you got to learn all these concepts that people that have been playing all the you know everybody that's already played Dune two yeah. and you know Command and Conquer and and Warcraft had already learned you know they just absorbed it going up. But if you come in at Age of Empires two or or something, you know there's actually by then it's starting to. The walls are higher on learning how these things work so you can actually play with anybody else. And that's you know also true in in games as a service. You know, it's even more of a problem in a way, because it's also, you know, when you're like all when your skill is at telemetry and metrics and these short term pops, is there's always a lot of temptation to do the really short termy thing. And yeah. to just 
junk it up with a piece of candy, you know, and yeah. now there's a Christmas tree, you know, <laughs> with, with not necessarily a whole lot of planning about how that makes a healthy ecosystem for, you know, years and years and years to come. Yeah, yeah I kind of definitely remember with, with most of the Zynga games, if I had gone away for like three or four months and mm-hmm. went back to them, I'm like, okay, I guess I have to wait through about 50 pop-ups. Oh, God, yeah. To, like, if you ever game, reactivated the like, game, yeah. And that was, you know, we would, I remember we would talk about, well, God, what do you do to reactivate people? Um, you know, we would try to figure out, you know, easier on-ramp reactivations where it didn't come and, um, you know, shame you with... 31 fail, failure pop-ups for all the things that you forgot to do and everything's wilted and all that stuff. Yeah, no, yeah so that was, a, that was a huge, huge challenge. But certainly I think the, the biggest challenge, so keeping the thing stable, just, just yeah. being able to add features to it without crashing everybody or losing all your revenue for a week or whatever. And then there's like coming up with something cool enough to keep people coming back without junking up the game you know, because of course, if you're doing, you know, you're trying to minimally touch the code and the database and stuff to make the thing stay stable. But on the other hand, if you're not planning for the future and building a big old structure, so you try to build in as much as you can beforehand. I remember when we shipped Frontierville, which still was, of course, very early days for yeah. these kinds of games, or at least the Flash ones. We, you know, we had, we at least we shipped with you know, a few months of feature add-ons already implemented, so we at least kind of structurally thought about... So we didn't immediately launch the game and we're trying to keep it stable, and then we suddenly have to figure out the next feature. You know, we kind of knew... I don't remember what they were, but we kind of knew the first six weeks of features, maybe. I don't know. I I don't remember exactly how much we... we, But we we had done... But then, you know, then you run off the end of that and you got to start sticking... Because... It did turn out to be a fairly mathematical fact that if you didn't add things that people stopped coming back, and once they stopped coming back, it yeah. was very hard to get them back again later. Like, sure. you know, because it was reactivation was much harder than retention yeah. <laughs> in the first place. So you really had to go all out to keep the retention. And that was, that was the thing that drove retention was keeping the features yeah. coming. But eventually, though, like kind of like no matter what, working on Farmville, you know, I assume that you know you worked on the updates for a while, but you knew at some point, like the game would continue and you would just let it go, right? Like that's I. You mean as a player or as a no, developer? As a developer. They kept it good. No, like, I mean they kept it going, but you didn't, right? Like at some point, oh, you, were you mean Frontierville? You said Farmville. I, oh, that's sorry. Right. Yeah, I yeah, meant, yeah. I meant but Frontier, yeah, no. I, I mean, I was. I came to the conclusion, you know, I, so we made Frontierville and then we launched it and I kind of, you know, I was core involved in running it for a few months, but I was coming to the conclusion that, well, you know, this is not my skill set. Yeah. You know, maybe I should have just decided it ought to become my skill set, but, <laughs> but I thought, and, you know, and people, other people thought, um, that, you know, the way to deploy me was on another game or an, or or on a lot of other games or whatever. It was that, that I should really be... Uh, because, you know, we had just brought very successfully a game from conception to launch, and then... And they had people that knew how to run it. Like, yeah, yeah. they were perfectly capable of making scads of money off of Frontierville with what we... Hand, you know, it, we, if we just handed it over 
you know, they were capable of doing it. Um, and meanwhile, here we are as a team with, you know, with not so many skills at how to do that, but a lot of skilled and, and now proven skills at at building and launching and things like that. Well, maybe you should start building and launching and whatever. I mean, and that didn't, I guess that didn't actually, you know, if we launched in June, like we weren't starting to have that conversation until probably January or yeah, February yeah. of the next year, 2010, whatever. Um, so before, you right. know, before my role started to begin to evolve. So that was probably when I started to turn loose of Frontierville. Okay. And did that but, next thing become Seville too, or? Uh, I, well, I think we went through some, you know, a few more little, uh, so I, I guess the first thing I did is I went and I worked some on one of their other games in Austin. Like I tried, they were, they had one that was kind of in trouble and I went and right. tried to work with them. So I was flying to Austin every week for a few days and, um, and then the studio started getting one. Like we initially did a, a Nationville pitch. We were, mm. we were trying to yeah. pitch a Nationville, and um, but then you know the powers that be at Zynga decided they wanted to do a Cityville too, yeah. and and so we essentially kind of got assigned that. So it was not it was not necessarily you know perceived by us to be the greatest fit for us um i, mean, I, I personally hated cityville one <laughs> okay. um like absolutely low like i liked farmville like okay. you know i saw things i could what did you, you know, hate about cityville i i just i just never i don't know it, it didn't take off for me i, I found it kind of boring in a um I, I guess at the time farmville came out i was like wow this is something new i've never yeah, seen sure. this it was beautiful. One thing, Farmville, I thought was beautiful, and it was beautiful in a self-expressive way. And I thought Cityville wasn't actually very self-expressive because it was just, it was buildings in a city as opposed to like the crops were different color. They were bright colors, and you could grow strawberries or roses or I don't know. I, that one clicked for me, and Cityville didn't. Um, now, on the other hand, I had you know I was familiar with like Sim City sure. as an idea, and like well, you know, okay. We could try to make a city game, you know, but it would, it, you know, anyway, it, it, it was probably not the right fit for our team or at least for me or whatever. And, you know, we tried, you know, we, we did our, we did our best, but whereas, you know, Frontierville, I both had a passion for the game I was, um, emulating parts of and, um, and I had a passion for the topic we were emulating it into. I thought, you know, Frontier was cool. It was, it was fun to do kind of a Wild West game and a little right. bit. So I was passionate about the topic, and I was passionate about the game that we were drawing from. And, of course, I was on a mission to figure out how to get, you know, quote-unquote real game design into these Facebook things. And, you know, none of those things were really true um, for Cityville. It just wasn't quite a it – was, it was a game that just wasn't quite a fit, and we, you know – we tried. Yep. We we did a thing, and we it didn't didn't really work out. Um, and and then by then I was I was ready to do something not on Facebook. And the next big thing was mobile. Talked a little bit to Zynga about doing something with them, but ultimately I realized you know I, I'm probably I thought I thought what I wanted to do was you know do a little well I thought what I wanted to do was do a little small thing you know mm-hmm. with like four people and, and, you know, make a little boutique mobile game. Um, but then when I left and 
when I left and they laid off the whole studio, then, you know, once again, it's like, oh, wow, there's all these people that, you know, <laughs> would probably like jobs. Yeah. And so there was both the opportunity and the responsibility. And so it's like, well, I guess we're doing something big. <laughs> and, uh, Here we go again. And, and this time, Tim, you know, decided he wanted to be right on the front end of the, <laughs> right, yeah, yeah. Of the front end of the spear. And we did, uh, you know, we... We pitched, um, you know, essentially uh, History of the World for Mobile. <laughs> you know, because you thought History of the World on your lunch hour was, uh, was, was really long. So now it's History of the World, you know, in five minutes in the checkout line. <laughs> but now with persistence. And, yeah. uh, and so that was, that was, you know, the pitch was, um, you know, and the big game was Clash of Clans at that point. So it was like, well, you know, everybody in the world is going to clone clash of clans so let's make this slightly more thoughtful you know inspired by rather than simply exactly a clone of and um and and, and did that but you know honestly by that point i mean others were doing most of the work i mean i was kind of the i came up with the core idea of what it was going to be and a few and then i advised them on balance and stuff but really really that was not not my product, um, right. you know. That was that was their product, and I was the uh, I was the guy that could get meetings at publishers. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I I had been Important promoted role. to uh, you know um, business logo. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. uh, well, where I remain, where, <laughs> where I remain. Yeah, well, it's funny. It's like there's always room for a history of the world game in every genre. So. Exactly. Well, yeah, that, that to, to, you know, Tim and I joke about. Well, that's our. Um, you know, what's the next big thing? We'll do the history for you. Know, that's that's essentially our uh, <laughs> our go to pitch. Yeah, is yeah. Uh, well, the funny thing is how few other people seem to have caught on to that. Well, exactly. Well, that's why it's such a great business for us. Uh, and yeah. I guess in some ways, the bar of entry for history. It's not that it's necessarily higher than, you know, to do a fantasy game. I mean, there's a certain amount of bar of entry to do a good job with that. And, and yet, it, I think it is perceived to be lower. It's like, oh, I can do anything I want because it's fantasy, right? Um, and I can do almost anything I want because it's science fiction. Yeah. Uh, but whereas history, there's a, I guess maybe it's easier to more obviously misstep where somebody just says, what the hell are you doing? Yeah. You know, that's not, it's not. Uh, you know, because obviously, you know, Civ, all, a lot of stuff about Civ is not historical, yeah. right? You know, it, it's a sand, but but somehow it's a sandbox done right, right? Yeah, you know, there, yeah. there, there's there's things you can do and there's things you can't do. And after a, you know, after two decades of doing that kind of game, you know, those of us who've done them know where those bars are, right? Yeah, you know, yeah. we, we know how to do a good history game. We know how to take a concept with history thing and... um and now we know how to pitch that to a publisher too. <laughs> and so, so you know, all the pieces are there to to make a living doing it. And yeah. uh, and yet, you know, other people, not very few other people, have yeah. cracked that because the the place people seem to be the gravitational field seems to draw people yeah, towards the fantasy natural, games. Natural magnetism for fantasy or sci-fi right. or something. I, right. I, mean, I think you're right that people don't feel, they feel like they don't want the limitations of history, right. but they don't necessarily see the benefits of those limitations. Yeah. Well, and 
I will also say that the history game genre, you know, I mean, it's a small, it's a small, it appeals to a smaller group of people, right? right. So if you want to really hit the mass market, like if you can hit a fantasy game out of the park, yeah. it will be bigger and it will make more money. Yeah. Uh, and then you also won't be limited. So. Yeah. Well, yeah. it's like you could say it has a, has a lower ceiling, but has a higher floor. Right. 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 Exactly. Because there's. Yeah. The, <laughs> The app store is littered with fantasy. Yeah, exactly. Clones. No, I right. Mean, like, yeah, the, a dime a dozen. Yeah, like, exactly. No, it's it's so easy to fail with fantasy, and um, but but yeah, yeah. The, right. The in, in you know if it really breaks out, then it's a it's, it's somehow a more mass market topic, and and history to do it in a way that might work is a little bit feels at least feels like even if it turns out to those of us in the know. Uh, that that it's not <laughs> is uh, you know it's actually easier to do a history game. I promise, but <laughs> half of it writes itself. I, I do say that as someone who actually got a degree in history, so maybe that's you yeah. know. <laughs> I mean, I honestly feel like I'd be a little exhausted making like a fantasy game because I like I'm, I have to make all of this stuff up myself. Right? No, I can I can tell you personally <laughs> as someone like who lot, has done both a, a fantasy game and a science fiction game that it is. Um, it's a lot of work, and for me, it's much more frustrating headbanging work. You yeah. know, um, you know, for all that Alpha Star succeeded, it was unbelievably frustrating, hard, hard, hard work. Even when I knew what I wanted to do, you know, uh, all I need to do is write four hundred inspiring story paragraphs that yeah. that, that comprise the world. It's like all you got to do, just four hundred little paragraphs. <laughs> I would, I would. It got to a point where I was like, oh my god, you know, how am I going to get the last seven of these? I just need yeah. seven more because I already had the, you know, already had the technologies and the wonders of the yeah, world, yeah. and I, I had to. Once I had kind of gone all in, I had to come up with one. You know, you couldn't not have one. Just an empty but, spot in the spreadsheet here. I need yeah. And I couldn't stand for him to be bad. Yeah. <laughs> so yeah, so that was a thing. Wow. So yeah, here we are at the uh, in the, the twilight of the the day in the career. <laughs> yeah. All right. Well, there's one using one question I always like to finish with. Yeah. It's like now that you you know gone through the, your full career, like why why have you spent your career making games? Mm, why have I spent my career? Well, I started. I got into the career because. I remembered I knew something about computers and I needed to come up with something real fast after graduate when when graduate school wasn't panning out. You know, I, I got into it thinking, hey, I love to play games and people make this. People get paid to make these and I and I needed a career like, you know, right now to to pay some rent. Uh, so I got in kind of semi accidentally, which is the traditional way to do it in the early nineties in the eighties and early nineties. Um I stayed in it because I loved it. You know, the first 10 years of it, I mostly just loved, or 12 years or whatever with a little middle part that I didn't love. Um, but but there was lots of... I, what, did, I, what did you love about it? I mean, like, be more... Um, so, I, well, I loved I was making games. I was, I was... Initially, I was just kind of programming at Microprose, but I had a kind of a seat at the table on some of the other things, and then it turned out I could get a seat at the table and design, and then... Mm -hmm be the designer and I was making I love I, I you know I, I loved specifically strategy games I was getting to make strategy games make them better I was I was taking things that were really cool and making them better mm -hmm. which is sort of my gloss on you know where I thrive it's the area where I thrive and and microprose especially gave me just the perfect space where I could thrive um, repeatedly in in doing that um, and 
Yeah, and, and that and that was you know, Rise of Nations was the same thing. You know, take something you know, working on something I liked with people I liked and making it better and and yeah, so that's why that's why I got into it. <laughs> why did I stay after two thousand six? Well, it was out of you know responsibilities and you know and you know it wasn't like I had something else to do, but but it was you know, yeah yeah. It got it got harder. It got harder to yeah. <laughs> got well, harder to love it's, later. But it's, it's what you knew, right? Yeah, exactly. You know, at a certain point, you you you've become so much. You've got so many tens of thousands of hours in something that yeah. um, if the object is to go get paid, <laughs> then of course you do the thing that you. You know, and I was certainly at various points willing to kind of reinvent myself and get paid less or whatever in order to you know. Um, Go off. I would I could certainly construe things, of, and I certainly never got into it for the pay. I never thought I was going to make any particular money getting into the video game industry. I was like, yeah, I'd probably make less money. In fact, I, I remember my uh, game, my first game offer, you know, for um, Microprose was was uh, you know like five thousand dollars lower from what I already had just to be a regular programmer yep. or, or whatever when I was investigating stuff, but. You know, um, turned out if you stay with it, it, it worked out. <laughs> it can work out, but um, but but yeah, you know, the later the later part was less labor love. Um, I still love games. You know, I I basically what I do now is play games all day long. You know, and, uh, make weird. I make weird videos about them, which is in a strange way sort of like programming. <laughs> You know, it's very detail oriented, and you're you know editing the video and and doing things like that and um, and stuff. And you know, so it's a fallow period, maybe, and you know, we'll see what see what comes. But um, I've I'm definitely have an angle of of trying to avoid uh, being responsible for a large group of people's livelihoods. <laughs> if I can avoid being responsible for anybody's livelihood ever again, then I will. Um, always choose the path where I'm not, because <laughs> I, you know, I, I, I uh, carry that for a while, and it kind of, kind of broke the down. broke yeah. the carrier, <laughs> yeah. broke me, broke me. Well, gotta so. take advantage of the fact you know how to program then. <laughs> oh, exactly. Yeah, yeah. I'll, you know, if I can, if there's a way to, you know, get back in like it's the old. But you know, I did. You know, I programmed on Frontier. You know, as recently as. 2009, I wrote code on a yeah, game. Yeah. yeah, I think I wrote one little block in Dominations, almost just to kind of, you know, just to kind of have touched it. I, I think it's the thing that does the bubble text that okay. that you know pops the little plus two XPs or whatever up. Um, but but uh, but yeah, I, I wrote a substantial amount of code on uh, on Frontierville. So you know, <laughs> I think I think the muscle still exists if I. Uh, exercise and stuff but the problem is how to make you know the kind of the kind of games that i like to play now mm-hmm. are tend to be somewhere in the vicinity of role-playing games yeah and those are big, those are big ass projects so i'm not sure how to make one of those without you know building up a giant set of obligations at the same time you know that <laughs> you yeah. know my the kind of game i am passionate about and the kind of uh, business I am not passionate about are you know perhaps in perhaps yeah. in conflict. So. Oh, RT, RPGs are ambitious and they're pretty yeah. hard to do procedurally. Right. You know? Yeah. Yeah. Exactly. Right. Like, like, randomly generated dungeon. Yeah. You know, of course, I'd be very passionate about working on um, 
you know, a random, random dungeon generator kind of aspect, you know, trying to do some procedural aspects of it, you know, and yeah. so is there a way to quote unquote Alpha Centauriize it, you know, and tell the story around the edges, you know, without quite as much main through, but somehow make it all make sense and whatever, you know, I, I, you know, that's, that's, uh, yeah. sure, yeah, surely a giant mountain to try to climb, but yeah. that would be a, that would be a fun mountain to try yeah, to climb. You can make like Splunky as an RPG, right? Like, yeah, yeah. Yeah. No, I, I've, I've fallen to my death off of much less attractive mountains. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. So, so Yeah. <laughs> Cool. Good stuff. Right. Well, yep. thanks for thanks for talking. No, it's fun, 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 fun. That's a zillion hours of yeah, uh, crud. Think, uh, Might take a <laughs> take a lot of editing to. Yeah, yeah. Hey, how long is the is a usually about two hours? Two. Oh, okay. Well, so it's not it's not, it's not complete. If, if it was going to be like twenty minutes, I'm like good no, luck no. with that. <laughs> I think you'll be the first three parter. Okay. Oh, Sid, three parter. Sid went four. Yeah, yeah. He's the only one who went over two. So. Cool, cool. So <laughs> that, that's 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 just that's right. That's a good good spot Sounds to be right. in. Yeah. Cool. <laughs>